listening to Shady Pines Radio. Hold up, we chilling in the PDX. Roll up the blunt, who we having on next? Chris with the comedy, Charlie with the facts. We spitting game, feeling like some Max. Everything and nothing, everything and nothing, everything and then O-T-H-I-N-G. Everything and nothing, everything and nothing, everything and then O-T-H-I-N-G. Hey, Charlie. Hey, Chris. Uh, so this week we've got G Wade. We do. Uh, he's a Portland comedian. He's also the co-founder uh, and one of the hosts for the Four Black Dads podcast, which will be airing on Dirty Angel Entertainment here soon. With our good friend and friend of the show, Hijinks. Yeah. Uh, we we in fact found out today that Jinx and G Wade go way back. That's right. Uh, and it's sort of interesting to see how how Jinx played a part in getting G Wade into comedy. In the first place yeah that's it was such a cool story honestly you know what's gonna be great is when you get to hear that story right after this right after this hey shady pines radio listener thanks for listening we've got a lot of great shows but i know you're thinking hey there's no way I could listen to previous shows whenever I want to, right? No, you can't. Don't even try. Well, hold on, Riker, because a lot of DJs got archiving now through Mixcloud and various sites. Click on your favorite shows through the Shady Pines Radio schedule found both on the website and the app to find links to previous shows and information about the... Yourself. Over 30 shows now have links to previous sets and more is to come. We're putting this together ground floor, so click around and click on donate if you can spare it. We'd appreciate it. ShadyPondsRadio.com Subliminal loving. For the love of everything and the space in between. Thursdays 10 to 11. Here on Shady Pines Radio. Welcome back to another fine episode of Everything and Nothing. I'm your host, Chris, and this is my co-host, Charlie. I'm Charlie. And on today's show, we've got G. Wade in the house. Yeah. I got <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's got a new podcast coming out that we're going to be talking about. He's uh, a Portland comic. Uh, so we're going to definitely get to hear about all the fun shit that happens on and off stage in that scene, as we always do. <laughs> uh, G., how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. I got to say, man, it is what it is, but it's not what it's not. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> you got to be able to figure out which one's which. Yeah. <laughs> Try to figure it out what is and what isn't. <laughs> it's working so far, though. This pandemic has been, I think, interesting for everybody, to say the least. Yeah. I bet. Like, did you have, like, a job before? Do you not now? Like, what? what's the pandemic done to you? What is your soft oh, apocalypse I, looking like? I still have a, I have a job. Uh, I'm an organizer uh, with SEIU Local Organizer. So I organize uh, oh, nice. healthcare workers right now. Um, so I've still been doing that. It's just been hard trying to navigate that, that realm. Uh, okay. I am a comedian, but also now I'm an activist and an organizer. And I do all kinds of stuff in the streets. You know, it's life. But it's, just, it's hard to navigate that because you don't want to jump out there too far or do something that could cause somebody else harm as far as getting people together and organizing in that way yeah so, yeah it's, it's it, that navigating that has been the, the most difficult thing about navigating work right like but, at what point does this become unsafe <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly how many of you idiots can i put in this room what <laughs> yeah and again it's, it's that way how many people can i stay? but at the same time I don't want to put too many people in a room and then it becomes an issue, especially working with healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. These people are on the front lines of the pandemic and a lot of healthcare workers are getting COVID. A lot of health healthcare workers are, you know, and a lot, the hospitals aren't taking care of them the way that they should. Uh, as far as like making sure 
they get tested or making sure they have the right PPE and all that. So when you're organizing and trying to get those those people to uh, trying to get healthcare workers to get the protections that they need, and the hospitals are saying no as far as the administration, then it's kind of hard to get all those people together, especially when they're dealing with sick people on a day to day basis. Yeah, because then it's, it's scary because you don't know who's walking in the room with what kind of anything. So it's 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 tough navigating it, but we're making it work. I work with legacy workers right now. We're in the middle of a contract fight. So, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, um, I mean, a lot of labor organizing going on right now, and this is kind of a big time where people are talking about, like, hey, we're out here in the middle of this. Like, we can see, we can all see what's happening, and like, we can either deny it or we have to, you know, all accept that. Like, hey, I'm putting myself in danger. Right. Just being out here, you know, right? So, that's crazy. I mean, we saw the, in Alabama the first Amazon warehouse is they're going to be voting on unionizing. The Man, next weeks. I want every Amazon to be organized. Every Amazon and Walmart. If we did that, organize that. If if that was if they were organized, you will see Amazon and Walmart treating their employees a lot differently. Oh yeah, yeah. Amazon. One thing about uh when. Other thing I do is uh, Ike's. I don't know if you you know Ike's. He's a comedian here, but he also works at Amazon sometimes. Okay. Like, <laughs> but his job is a picker. That's the name of his job. All right. I he's just moving boxes. Yeah, but they just call him a picker. I said, man, if this ain't if Amazon doesn't have a slavery model, I don't know what has naming jobs pickers, naming people pickers for your job. That's that's kind of crazy. That's kind of crazy. I think about like the root the the. The jokes that management plays and they're like, yeah, let's make this job a picker. You know what I mean? Because I had to come up with <laughs> when they were like, how do we, what are we going to call this job? Let's call it a picker. Like, that had to come up. Yeah. Somebody needs to be there to tell them that. Hey, you can't call them. No. <laughs> Somebody in that meeting should have got, uh, we, can, we can just call him like a box dude. That's a thing. Like, <laughs> that'd work. That I don't know. Work. <laughs> that works. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> it's been good though. It's been, I mean, not good, but it's been, been interesting navigating this uh, the pandemic and going out, you know, and working out work. Yeah. How about you guys though? Well, yeah, I've been. Uh, I work at McMinimins, so and we're still open. We're we're open to outdoor seating. Uh, we have, but like, so we have a covered back patio. So obviously, like, when our six tables on the patio are full, people are still waiting in the restaurant just normally they'll sit at tables they're just not allowed to eat or drink inside but they'll still like sit down and feeds the purpose yeah they'll still be able to like sit down take off their masks and like hang out while they're waiting for a table outside where they can eat and then and then we'll have people like come in from the patio because we have codes on our uh bathroom doors yeah and so they'll come up with no mask like they left their mask at the table like hey what's the code for the bathroom? And I'm like, you have to have a mask on. They're just like, oh, yeah, no big deal. I'm like, thanks. The code is get the fuck away. <laughs> um, besides that, I mean, we're taking it pretty seriously. We have like all these new sanitizer solutions and we're trying to sanitize everything every hour kind of thing, uh, which is hard with a, a full service restaurant. You have all these little ramekins and stuff that have to be sanitized after every use. And it's like, but like in addition to normal dishwashing stuff. Um, and then I, th- I think just people are on edge because uh, <laughs> we had this guy. So we have, we're doing a lot of like uh, the delivery apps for takeout and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And DoorDash allows um, alcohol sales. Uh, right. And so we're doing like shots to, or like cocktails to go. Um, just like a small, it's kind of lame, but it's, it's just a way to drive more takeouts. Um, and, and obviously beer and wine to go as well. But the thing is, you know, normal alcohol guidelines, the person who is transporting the booze also has to be over 21 and has to mm-hmm. show us their ID before we can give it to them. Right. Like, well, and then a lot of people were like, give us flack. was like, well, I'm not drinking. It's like, that's not the problem. The problem is you could give it to someone underage or whatever, you know? I'm not allowed to We're give covering... it to you because you're underage. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, like <laughs> uh, we are assuming the risk if if we don't. Anyway, so uh, 
one of the drivers just like threatened to fight one of my cooks. Like, he's <laughs> oh. just like, hey, can I check your ID before I give you this beer? He's like, what? You want to fight? He's like, no. <laughs> I want to check your ID, dude. He's like, I don't have my ID. It's like, you're you drove here. Like, <laughs> okay. First off, though, please, uh, just for anybody who's listening, <coughs> uh, <coughs> please don't ever try to fight a cook. Uh, they are waiting. They are they are full of so much goddamn rage. And if you're going to give them the excuse, you are going to leave in a body bag. Here's what I'm going to say, Chris. Like, when I was young and 25, and, like, I was just angry at every server who existed because they were all dumb because they sometimes wanted dressing on the side or, or you know, put in a stupid order because they don't know what's on the menu because they're dumb. Like, yeah, I've been mad at servers. I've been mad at managers. I think I've mellowed with age because now we're just so defeated. Like <laughs> I work three hours a day, five days a week, <laughs> you know, and I just, I just like, I don't have any fight anymore. I don't want, like, I don't care. Was that you only work three hours a day, three hours a day, five days a week. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so now, I'm do still, you, would you rather work more than three hours a day? I mean, I I would normally be working more than three hours a day. Uh, we okay. just haven't needed that. We've kind of set up the schedule. We only have four cooks working in the kitchen right now, uh, oh. one of, including my chef. And um, so it's we have the schedule kind of set up, and I've just kind of had this princess shift where I'm like, I'm not opening, I'm not closing, I'm just there five to eight. I cook dinner and I go home kind of thing. Uh, but I think what she asked though was, "Would you like to be working more than three hours?" Oh, would I like to be? Yeah, I would like to be. I mean, here's the thing: it gives me plenty of time to do this and to work on generating online content, which is fun, and that's kind of where I want to direction my life to go. Mm -hmm. Um, I've gotten back into practicing drums lately. I know we're kind of doing an early mental health check, and nobody said it, but here it is. I'm just all right. Here's we the thing: we didn't do, do an episode last week, so I've got a lot to get out because Chris has been <laughs> neglecting me. Get it off your chest, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is my this is my weekly rant session. I haven't had it. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so um, no, I have. I've been playing drums more, and and so I'm starting to feel better, like personally. But yeah, I would like to be doing something more fulfilling, or like uh, either working more hours or working solely on you know internet content and if i started to get if this started making money somehow magically that'd be so it's kind of nice i get to run this but i am like claiming unemployment because i have reduced hours every week so right at least underemployment and then there yeah so the more i work i can kind of then like stretch my unemployment longer <laughs> and mm -hmm. i'm still getting like we have the uh added on 300 dollars from the last the CARES Act or whatever it was yeah. in December. So I'm doing okay, but I know it can't last forever, and I'd like to not be doing that. Okay. Has anybody checked the statistics on unemployment? Like right now? Like I'm pretty sure this has this has to be in the last, I don't know, a lot of a lot of years, the highest unemployment rate in the world. I don't I mean in the in the country. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh See, you can see Charlie's already working his magic. He's he's looking up numbers right now. <laughs> I do also want to point out, though, Charlie, how you went from, no, Chris, I'm so defeated, I can't be full of rage, to 30 seconds later, I'm so goddamn mad, I need to rant once a week, otherwise I'm double pissed off. <laughs> well, okay. They're, no, they're unrelated. I mean, in my... No, in they're my, not, Charlie. In, in my cook life, I... And I don't, I don't have any more fight left. I, I don't have no battles left to fight in that. Like yelling at servers because they don't know the menu. They're never going to learn the menu. It's over. Like just give it up. Uh, yelling at servers because they're ranking something in wrong because they're dumb. It's like they're always going to be dumb. It's just their job to just talk to people, and I can't do that. So I have respect for them because I, I would lose my shit as a server like instantaneously. But here's what I'm saying: is that the other part of not working that many hours is I get three hours of human contact 
a day, which is better than some people. I don't know what you're talking about, Charlie. <laughs> lately, but I still don't, like I have all these thoughts and stuff that usually I tell Chris on the podcast, and when we don't do one for a week, then I can't tell him these things. I hate <laughs> I hate having to like type it in a text, and that's just like the dumbest text in the world. Anyway, <laughs> okay, we've, Rant we've gone, over. We've gone way off the, the rails here. That's all good. Okay. Okay. So, so Charlie yes. needs so, a mental health check in, even on weeks we don't have a podcast. We know this now. So, so <laughs> I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking. I'm looking now at the relationship. Can I do? Can I do this? Yeah. Do the I'm thing. I mean, not to stop you. I'm just. I'm going to share this screen. Yeah. Uh, so you're seeing. So this is unemployment. Uh, this is from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So you can see. Look. Like this is Obama right here, 2008 to 2016. You can see how much it went down, and then it could actually continue to go down uh, in the Trump presidency. But here's the thing: you have to remember that the Pentagon and the you know the Defense Department uh, is the biggest employer in the world, and number two is Walmart. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> Trump expanding the military means there are more jobs. But then you can see this huge spike. That's 2020 right there. So. Yeah. Up to uh fourteen point eight percent in April of twenty twenty, and then you know it's, it's back down to six point seven, but it's you know but it was at the very least. I mean, the highest it's been in twenty fucking yeah. years. Seriously, yeah, that is crazy. I'm ha- I'm happy to see those statistics. I I was I always thought about it, but I just never I didn't look it up. You know what I mean? I'm just like I know that employment has to be that's right. I just didn't <laughs> <laughs> This is what we have Charlie for. He's great. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm the context. Charlie doing Charlie things. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and of course, so if we look, if we remember, if we keep in mind that uh, the military is the biggest uh, jobs creator in the world, then mm-hmm. Trump repealed the uh, ban on transgender people in the military. So now he's giving jobs to people, <laughs> transgender people, putting them back in the military. So unemployment will continue to fall, hopefully. Yeah. So, well, that's a, that's a little I, side fact I got for you. <laughs> all right. I was in the military. Yeah? Where were you in? Yeah. Army. Army? Right on. Yeah. How long did you serve? It was, it was a, I had an interesting military career. I've been to uh, sorry. I've been to uh, Italy, Iraq, Colombia, and Bolivia as far as out of the country. Um, stateside, I've, you know, Texas. Just, you know, this normal military thing. You go around make rank or you can go to a different uh you know union because yeah. of whatever happens but i had a yeah a pretty pretty good military career it's fun uh, yeah. right on <laughs> i hear that it doesn't always fun. go that well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was fun when it was fun but it wasn't when it was i made a lot of relationships and you know with friends and i built a lot of relationships in the military that's what i take for the most part um but it did suck a lot of times too when you're wrong like there's a lot of sucky shit we had to do um but for the most part, the relationships that I took away from it or something or bonds that would never break. So that's why that's why I enjoyed it from what I took what I took from it. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, it's kind of easy for me to say, like, from a civilian point of view, but that's kind of like part of the reason I like working in a kitchen. It's something that's always like because you're with this kind of like close knit crew and you're doing the same kind of drudgery work every night. You're always there, and you you all know the same kind of shit that you're gonna go through, and and like you can laugh about it. And my friend Brandon, who like trained me at McMenamin's, like he was like this really good friend, and honestly, like I would call him and talk to him, like if I had a problem or something, we like talk about it. And like he had some weird shit going on in his life, but it's just like we're just like whatever. (laughs) We could just hang out and. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same in military. It's ninety percent suck, ten percent I would never, I wouldn't want to do anything else in the world. And that ten percent of what keeps you coming back, and that ten percent is that is that camaraderie and that 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 love you build up with the people that you know. You some most of the time, you know, when you especially when you're off doing anything, at FTX or you're out in the woods, or if you're in Iraq or something, you guys are sleeping in the same room together, you're showering in the same showers, a whole bunch of people together. And so when you have that kind of like, you know, what I'm saying like that knowledge of each other you have no choice but to start building bonds as far as like you know because you see you you're exposed to each other every day uh and so 
people see you if something goes on that's bad and you end up and you're crying or you're feeling bad, people start to know that kind of stuff, you know, and then you build your bonds and relationship because people talk talk to you and everybody has a different kind of life experience. Um, yeah. And you learn from people, you know, in Iraq, married guys left and right. We're getting those letters. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get one of those letters. You laugh at them, but it's in the moment. It's not, it's not a laughing matter, man. No. These are people who, you know, we all got guns too. <laughs> God. You think it was like that? You want to make sure you check on your, your on your brothers and sisters when you're out. So it was good. Yeah, that's what I liked. About. Was having that that camaraderie with minds, you know that type of shit. Well, doesn't now, that I, carry over into comedy though? It does. Everything carries carries over into comedy, man. <laughs> well, that's fair. Comedy. Yeah, comedy. the entire comedy. world is fit for the artist's scope, Chris. <laughs> yeah, to me, comedy is just hardship you got over. Anything I talk about when I do, I'm a storytelling comic. So I might get yep. up there and talk about whatever whatever happened to me. But it's most it's the stuff that I'm over. If I'm over it, then it's funny now because I lived through it. And guess what? I'm here, and tomorrow's gonna come. So if I can if I can make you laugh at a story, but then also learn from a story from me, then that's my ultimate goal when it comes to comedy. Laugh at it, laugh at my pain, but also learn from my pain. Exactly. Yeah. I uh, I think one of my biggest problems is because I also do a lot of storytelling. Um, but I, uh, <laughs> I think I forget the formula for comedy cause, cause I don't, I don't give it the time. I don't, <laughs> I'll go up there and be ripping myself apart about shit. I'm still mad about <laughs> like, I'm not over it yet, but I know what's funny to other people. So you're going to hear about it now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever cry on stage. That's one thing. I don't want you to get to a story and then just be like, man, you know what? I want to see you get there, Chris. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I just get angrier and angrier. That's all it is. <laughs> Anger is funny sometimes, though. Yeah. Uh... Yep. Sam Kinison. <laughs> Sam Kinison's funny. He just gets up and just yells. That's it. Like he Just screams. I was like, here's my problem, though. Like, if I wanted to be yelled at for an hour and a half, I'd call my dad. And so I don't I like comics that yell at you like it's my main problem with will ferrell there's shit he's done that i know nobody else could ever do mm -hmm. half of it is really fucking stupid 40 percent of it is really loud and then mm -hmm. that 10 percent is that one serious movie he did uh fuck he, did, he did three Strangers serious Fiction. movies chris he did a serious movie he did what? three serious, serious movies. movies okay what are the other two uh, I would say everything must go where his wife kicks him out of the house. So he just like has a garage sale and lives on the, on the lawn until everything is sold. You sure that's a serious movie? It, it is. I mean, it's a, it's a dark comedy, but stranger than fiction is also a dark comedy or, you know, it's a comedy ultimately. Stranger. Okay. Stranger than fiction is the one where like, um, Emma Thompson is an author and is inadvertently like writing Will Ferrell's life. That's, but that's not, that's not, that's not a serious movie either. Yeah, I would say, I mean, it's, there's I'm, a romantic element and funny. he's kind of like facing his own mortality, but it's, it's, I think it's funny. I enjoy that movie a lot. I think it's really funny. Okay. I got, I, I don't think I've ever seen that one. Uh, the other one was some. Uh, it was something I can't even remember. Something of the uh, fall. I don't know. I'll get a good movie. Charlie doesn't even remember what it was. I didn't see it. I'm just know he did it, and people were like, "Oh, Will Ferrell's doing a serious movie." And like, so I'll I will come back to you with the answer. <laughs> okay. He he does. Will Ferrell it has one of my favorite movies of all time. Step Brothers. I love that movie. Mm -hmm. I've been told more. that much as I hate a lot of the movies that are in that vein, that it is one that I should watch. Because that's the one with Mark Wahlberg, right? Step Brothers? Yeah. No, that's the one with John C. Riley. Oh, that's another one of those. Why do people yeah. want me to watch that one then? Because it's a good one. It's a good one, man. It is. Did you I, like yeah. Talladega, Talladega Nights? No, not that much. Okay. Okay. Then I then maybe there is something I I don't understand. Then maybe yeah. I just won't until I watch it, and that's fine. Yeah, I, I, admit... I had some quotables, but it wasn't a, it wasn't one I watched again. Maybe. Thank you. That brothers, I watched a few times. Okay. Okay. Maybe maybe that's I don't know. I I'm such a fan of Talladega Nights. I you are. Not. 
I I like a lot because there's there's I mean obviously it's all very like in your face and there's a lot of just like yelling and quoting but I think there's a, a really kind of fun like farcical look at that kind of culture and um, my dad lived in Georgia his wife is from Georgia for a while so I went there and the scene where they're like having the dominoes feast for and like they the, they're saying the prayer and it just reminded me so much of Georgia it was so crazy it was just oh man is that the one where uh one of the kids told us that he threw all grandpa's war medals in the river yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god the uh what is a horrible thing to do <laughs> okay so i got this list the top five serious will ferrell moments in movies there are five of these I don't, believe, um, I don't believe this article already. So we've got this one. This movie's called Winter Passing. It's about a young woman that's seeking to connect with her father, who is very withdrawn from the world, played by Ed Harris. He's a writer. Uh, Will Ferrell plays a man that helps take care of the writer, and in doing so is kind of awkward. <laughs> it might <laughs> seem a bit funny in stretches, but overall, it's a dramatic movie. Okay. Everything Must Go is the one I was telling you about. Kicking and screaming. No, that's that. That's, that's a, that was a comedy, but it, this is saying like this is a serious moment in the comedy, I guess. Okay. Oh, that's how they got to five, though. Yeah. They had to yeah. they had to fill out a whole list. That's what's happening here. Uh, I was right no not to trust them. The links to which they go to assert dominance make it a lot more apparent as a serious movie than any comedy I can remember watching. Yeah, but it was that movie was like. Ill, Ill thought out. They were trying to like do their own like satire of like Mighty Ducks movies, and he's like, anyway. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, the Mighty Ducks series on Disney Plus coming up in March. Disney Plus, please sponsor us. You <laughs> that Disney Plus is having a series. Yeah. Oh so, yeah, they're getting a series, a, a show, just like fucking Cobra Kai did. So it's it's called Game Changers, and Emilio Estevez is back. Uh, so I don't know. Emilio Estevez, I like him. My favorite movie was uh, wasn't he in like Blood In Blood Out? You ever yeah. seen that? Yeah, yeah, that's my. I think that's my favorite. Yeah, I, I yeah. really liked him in Young Guns, but that's I was gonna say is is I mean, he in on, Young Guns? Because I feel like He's that's Billy the Kid. Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So good. That's a good one too. And with his, bro- I mean, with his brother Charlie Sheen. Now know. that's an actor, okay? <laughs> Who Charlie Sheen or Emilio Estevez? <laughs> Emilio Estevez, and I think you know that. <laughs> no, I I enjoy all the Sheens in their own way. I think Charlie went off the rails, and that's understandable. Charlie can only ever play Charlie now, though. Like that's he's no longer an actor; he's a character. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. Yeah, but if he veers into that kind of like Joaquin Phoenix, like, is he real? Is this a documentary? I don't know. Like, he's got fine. tiger blood, man. He's got tiger blood. He's got tiger blood. And Adonis. Uh, we, we all forgot about how much he had tiger blood. <laughs> I was just <laughs> right. I'm so mad that we forgot about it. No, I have so, a pen for that. You got a pen for tiger blood? Yeah, you remember how I had the I used to wear the fedoras with all the pins on them and everything. Oh yeah, uh-huh. one of them says "Tiger's blood and Adonis DNA" because that okay. was in his rant. Yeah, yeah, I got Tiger's <laughs> blood and DNA. I have a pin for that. <laughs> that is dope. Do you still rock the fedoras, man? Are you fedoring it up still, or what's up? No, because here's what uh, here's what happened. Okay, last year I uh, I got real mad about everybody making fun of the hat. And so I started wearing progressively weirder hats to every open mic. <laughs> like at one point, I walked in there with a hat that was this big with just like a strap on, you know, to keep it on. It was a little like shimmery top hat. Uh, yeah. I, did, I did a whole nights of open mics with that. Uh, I walked in with a huge ass green leprechaun hat. Uh, and then... Halfway through my set, I got mad at somebody and whipped it off, and the little hat was underneath it, and it fucking it killed for a second. I was real proud of that one. <laughs> That's a good uh, I like that. And then I finally stopped being as angry about it and was like, you know what? Fuck it. Fine. I'll just prove them wrong. 
That's what I'll do. I'll just prove that the hats aren't the thing that's stopping me from getting booked. So I stopped wearing any hats to any open mics, and then I got booked for eight shows that month. And I was like, well, <laughs> fuck all of you. <laughs> that is nuts. That's nuts. So, so no more hats ever. I guess the fuck not. I, I don't know. I miss them, honestly. I they think there are great. hats out there for you, and I think... Mm -hmm. I think your time will come. The hats will come oh, back. Yeah. You have a good hat head. Anybody with a rounder head, those are good hat heads. You know what I mean? Like you, a beanie. I think you should beanie it up for a little bit. I hate the way beanies feel, though. I think it's because my hair grows in, like, swirls. And so a beanie just pulls on all of it in weird ways. You know what I saw? Uh, this guy I watch on Twitch has this. It It's kind of like a beanie, but it's got the snapback. Uh and like the strap mm. in the back so you can like tighten it and loosen it to your pleasure and it's not made of just like the knit thing it's like soft like a velvety texture on the outside it mm. looks really cozy actually okay mm. I'll, I'll do some digging well <laughs> we'll find you i'm a beanie person in the winter but i don't i don't have one on right now but yeah i like beanies those are the those are the, the most comfortable because you can pull them all the way down over your ears okay. you can get the back of the neck like there's the, the warmest hats ever. They're functional hats. Yeah. Anything else about a functional hat. The warmest hat ever is uh, my glorious panda hat. It is, I am 80% sure, real panda fur at this point. Because <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's what happened. A friend of mine went to Transylvania because uh, he's super into vampires. Right. And as he was on his way up the, the road to Dracula's castle... There was this old lady just selling items out of a cart on the side of the road. And one of those items that she had hanging up there was my panda hat. And mm. he bought that there and sent it to me in Alaska. And I wore that at 40 below. And it kept me perfectly warm. And I've tried to find the company that makes this hat online for five years and they are nowhere they don't exist i don't know what happened here and it's got like a smell to i'm pretty sure it's made of real it's, <laughs> it's that bamboo smell <laughs> but it is the best hat i've ever had <laughs> i can imagine i wish i had a hat made out of real panda it's got big old floppy ears it's great i love this hat that is amazing <laughs> See, why the fuck would I wear beanies? So basic. <laughs> if you got a panda hat, then definitely don't wear no beanie. If you got a, a hat made out of real panda, a beanie is definitely not your... Uh, yeah, you're above just, beanies. It's just a step down to me. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't find a panda hat, but I'm going to be looking now. It has to be a real panda fur, though. Uh, I'm not gonna I, one of these days we're gonna like when touching things uh, that other people have touched is acceptable again I'm gonna make <laughs> you pet this hat I won't be wearing it I'll be nice to you but you get your hands in it and you'll feel why I don't feel like it's faux fur <laughs> I mean pandas do live in the cold and they don't get cold yeah Bear, bears are pretty good at that Bears, yeah, bears live in the cold. I guess you would say not pandas. Pandas I mean, also bears. specifically though, like because yeah, no, I mean, pandas are up in the up in the mountains there, uh, yeah. in China. So they okay. they do get to like actual winter. Okay. Oh, that's nuts. I yeah. love it. <laughs> I'm not I'm not really a hat guy. Uh, people have bought me hats, and I've and I've attempted to transition to hats, but it's never really worked out. I just. <laughs> I just because I, I like to just touch my hair too much. I can't I can't have something in the way. Oh me. yeah, I'm sure you. <laughs> I know it's so. Right. <laughs> it's my hair privilege. I I know. It's showing. Chris, when did you give up? When did you give up on uh on hair? Uh what three or four years ago now? Okay. No doubt. I'm I'm I, I don't know. I'm I'm I think I'm gonna get there eventually. I still got some right now. Yeah, I was but gonna say your good. hair looks fine. I don't know what your. I wish I had hair like that still. Mine comes all Vegeta like. It's not good. <laughs> see, yeah, mine back here. I, I'm starting to see it going a little bit. Like you know what I mean. And yeah. I'm one of those ones. Like I'm a. I'm cutting bait immediately. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hold on. <laughs> as soon as it gets to the point where I'm like, "Yep, that's definitely a spot." I'm just bald. I'm going bald. 
yeah, I think I think I feel the same way. Which I again I know is like I I have no thinning that I've have seen, but like I'm just ready for it. I think because like I'm so like insecure about my hair because I'm just like if this this is all I got. Like if it goes, I'm but I I don't want to just be like I see some people like okay, I watch a lot of British TV and I feel like old British guys are the worst at this, where they're yeah. just like the last three hairs that are somehow maintaining their hairstyle so it still looks like they have a hairstyle and they're holding on to it or they immediately go to ridiculous wig that does not make any sense like <laughs> okay but no i get that that weird that weird white wig like is that why you think that was invented that they wore like like presidents wore oh that yeah weird like, wig that george washington wore shit like yeah, why do you think 18... they do that 18th century. I think it, it kind of became the style because of Louis the 14th because he okay. started to like, he, he. I think he was going bald and he was insecure about it. So he had a bunch of like really crazy wigs and he just set the fashion for like all of Europe for a while. And then that was pretty much all of the 18th century. And then they moved it forward to uh, to England or to America. They transported it. The same shit as the MAGA hats. In England, they still wear them. They still wear those in uh, like if you're a lawyer or yeah. judge, yeah. they still wear that dumbass little white, like... And not just England, also Australia, because it's based off the same legal system, and I think Canada as well. You have to oh. wear the, the robes and the wig. There's nothing more unprofessional than that. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. That's the most unprofessional thing you can do, is put a stupid-ass wig on top of, like, your regular hair in the courtroom. How do you tell somebody to take you serious? Okay, okay. But then the you're, you're hand... not wearing, like, you're not wearing clothes to, like, that could, like, influence hey. the jury... You know, you you're it's like the same thing as like a school uniform. You're like everybody has to wear the same thing, so nobody is above anybody else except for the judge who wears in England. He wears like the red robes and the big thing and the sash and the huge wig. You know. Yeah. I'm the, sorry. The, judges have a pope. Is that what I just heard? I mean, so in, in in the in the courtroom, you know, the attorneys, the barristers, they'll wear robes and a wig, and then the judge wears the red robe of. <laughs> Like I'm the honorable, the right honorable okay. judge, Lord, you know, whatever. Okay. Well, so, so I just learned two things. Okay. One, the rest of the English speaking world gets to do Louis the 14th cosplay all day, <laughs> every day, but America does not. And not only that, America got downgraded so hard that our judge wears only half the cosplay outfit for their lawyers. And then our lawyers had to make some shit up. Is that, mm -hmm. am I, am I following this right? Or am I high? Is that yeah, <laughs> I mean, a, little, a little bit of both? Yeah, all right. <laughs> it's always a little bit of both. That checks out. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean like our judge, we kept the judge's robes and that's like literally it. And of course, um, I mean, the, the legal system is a little different there as well, because you are, whereas America, you're innocent until proven guilty uh, in the eyes of the law. I believe in the British court system, you're guilty until proven innocent. They start with a different supposition, which is kind of weird. Yeah, they start already like, yeah, you're going to jail. Unless you're yeah. talking about <laughs> so so the, the burden <laughs> of proof is on the yeah. defendant, I think. And, and also, like, similarly, like, uh, cars have the right of way, not pedestrians. In okay, but that makes sense to me. Yeah, I think we can use that here in America a little bit. <laughs> so, like my my when my mom lived there, she was like trying to cross the street, and uh, she was like running in front of a car, and thought he would slow down, and she made it, but the guy like flipped her off and honked and stuff. Well, it takes longer to stop um, the vehicle that weighs thousands of pounds than it is to stop your body from walking across the street. So I think, you know, naturally we should give the cars the right away. I want you to understand. I say this as a person who got run the fuck over. Like, it shattered my leg. Okay? Mm. Yeah. It makes <laughs> sense that the car has the right of way. Promise. Well, and especially <laughs> with, like, icy road situations where a car definitely can't stop. Right. I think, uh, I mean... We were always talking about like if would your driverless driverless car run somebody over or like crash to save you or like to kill 
kill you to save the pedestrian or whatever. So there's so many like weird ethical complications with pedestrians having the right of way. If the cars have the right of way, they're just like stay away from cars. They just go, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like an easier thing to teach is like crosswalks only, and we wouldn't have jaywalkers. They <laughs> they'd be <laughs> literally gone. <laughs> There, yeah, you would not have jaywalkers. And I mean, as the same theory I think about when it comes to guns. If everybody has guns, then people tend to be a little more um, polite in the neighborhoods and how you <laughs> how you conduct yourself. You know what I mean? There's no those barriers start to drop when it comes to like uh, if you think everybody has a gun. That's why I just imagine everybody around me has a gun. It just makes me polite to people. Yeah, don't shoot me. How you doing today? Open the door. You do all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But then it's also scary because a lot of people shouldn't have guns. <laughs> yeah. A like lot that DoorDash driver definitely <laughs> done him. Especially the one that wants to fight somebody because they because you ask for ID. That is a total opposite response. That's not the same, that's not the same energy. If I say, Can I see your ID? And your response is, What? And you want to fight me and you say let's fight, I'm gonna think you're a little off. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna respect you and, and walk away. I have a follow-up question here on that whole story, Charlie. Did you guys contact DoorDash and be like, hey, your driver's fucking insane. Can you fire this guy? <laughs> Here's what I'm going to say. Uh, no, because DoorDash, I swear to God, is run by one woman in Colorado. Like, <laughs> er, So if you... Um, D- DoorDash also gets like... Is it DoorDash? I think it's DoorDash. They'll actually call in orders sometimes. And so they'll come on the phone and like, hello. It's like, hi, I'm like to place an order for my friend. Um, and you know, whatever name It's like, I'll have one all na- like you can tell they're reading directly from the menu. One all natural country beef, six ounce burger patty, please with cheese and bacon. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so can I put this down for DoorDash instead of this random guy's name? They're like, yeah, this is DoorDash, but it's always the same woman. So I recognize her voice. I'm like, DoorDash? She's like, yes, it's DoorDash. I'm like, so stop telling me it's not DoorDash. Like, it just... Why don't you leave with that? And Yeah, so it's... I, she must do it for, like, the whole Portland area, maybe. I don't know if she's just, like, the operator. But it's all... I'm always talking to the same woman. The, the, the caller ID comes up Colorado, so... Did you have her on speed down? Then you can just call her right back up and be like, hey. <laughs> like, hey, you got these drivers coming in trying to fight our, our cooks. Can you not... <laughs> Who was the last person that you sent to me? Because they tried to fight me. Kind of got a bone to pick with that person. <laughs> oh, that is nuts. Uh, actually, we uh, we started the DoorDash podcast, and one of the first things that we talked about, Jinx had an issue with a, a DoorDash person. It was I forgot. I don't know if it was DoorDash. I don't want to say DoorDash, but it was one of the delivery service food delivery services. Okay. Yeah, he almost got into a fight with one of them. He has a. Uh, he has a weird, sorry, did I cut off for a minute? No. No. Okay. He had like, to go into his house is kind of weird and you got to actually know where you're going in order to find it. Otherwise you'll pass. It. And so he said he got mad because the guy passed it like three times. And so he went out to the street to find him and the guy went to give him his food. Like, oh, well, here you go. And Jinx said, no, he wanted him to bring it to the door. <laughs> uh... We got into, we got, it was weird. We, it, yo, yeah. You'll be able to see it. when the podcast comes out. Uh, that's one of our first episodes. Is is we have a DoorDash situation when it comes to that? Yeah, I do. I do kind of want to see how Jinx defends his stance on that because uh, no, yep. I, like I love Jinx. We've had no, him on yeah. the podcast before. <laughs> like we're good friends, but that is that is a weird stance to take. <laughs> yeah, he justified it. It, it. it makes sense in my brain when he t- when he told me it made sense. I still, me and him, we, I still disagree with him on it, but it's all right. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's good. It's uh, good. Speaking of focusing on uh, on the positives here in our in our soft apocalypse, uh, how'd you guys wind up starting a podcast? Um, well, we thought it was something that's needed. You know, it's the you know the, the is for black dads is it's a it's a play on words because also it's it is for black dads that do it. Uh, me, high jinks. Um, uh, Eric Island, uh, Ike's, uh, we're all comedians, all based out in Portland from different places. Um, but we thought the world needed to see just a point of view. And we talk about life. We talk about funny stuff. We talk about some stuff that's not so funny, but just life from black dad's point of view. And we're all in different stages and different places. Um, 
when it comes to fatherhood, Jinx, all his kids are pretty much grown. You know, I have a few, mine range from 18 all the way down to six. And Ike's, he has a two-year-old. So it's a, you know what I mean? It's, it's different when it comes to how we parent and also where we are in our parenting stages. And then Eric, Eric has three, three kids and he got three baby mamas, I want to say. <laughs> and so it's also, you have that aspect of it too, which yeah. is a different dude. But we're all just, you know what I'm saying? We're all just us. And we think, you know, it's good to bring people, let people see that, especially when it comes to black men, because a lot of times uh, the media portrays us certain ways. And so we can just, you know, give them to them raw. We're not, all, we're not saints, but at the same time, we're not all, you know, mean sinners and, or bad people or anything like that. We ain't all gangsters and all that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? We're comedians, we're, we're, but we're a bunch of everything, just like everybody else is. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And just bringing that light in that way. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's great though. But and then also, I've been knowing I've been knowing Hijinks since I was fourteen. Okay. I love Hijinks. Hijinks is one of the first people who uh who I ever smoked weed with. You know what I mean? Like you know how you have that adult who is who's cool. Like he never gave me weed or offered it to me, but I came over his house with weed, and he was like, "Well, if you got it. Like I'll roll it and smoke with you, but I'm not going. You know." But he never gave me. He never like came over and was like, "Hey, you want to smoke?" He never did that. But if I came to his house and I had some. He was like, yeah, I'll hit it and talk to you. Let's, you know what I mean? He was just one of those cool older dudes who gave me a lot of game in life growing up. He helped me. Yeah. And then I went off and did other things like going to the army. We left and came back. I'm learning a couple things right now, G. What yeah. is the age difference between you and Jinx? The age difference between me and Jinx is uh, 10 years. Oh, wow. I did so, not yeah. know that until this yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah. He's 46. It's probably a little over 10 years, but yeah. And so, yeah. You just I've, had a friend that was 10 years older than you? What? I've always had friends that were older than me. I was an old soul, man. When I was 14, I didn't want to hang around people 14. They were yeah, all now that I was just lonely, though. I never thought, <laughs> oh, I'll go bug this 30-year-old fucking... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had kids and everything. He was just a dude. <laughs> yeah, we lived in the same... It was these four plexes. And so it was two, it was two, uh, two homes in the front and then two in the back. And then it was three of them side by side. And you can go through, each of them had an alley to the back where you could park. Jinx stayed in the back where we parked, where we're like in the parking lot. And then it was his home over there. And so I would just, he'll be outside. And we were always hanging out. The neighborhood I grew up in, everybody was outside all the time. So we, you know, so you link up and you talk and you just eventually hang out at some point. And he was always hella cool. He was always funny. He was always high Jinx. But at right. this time he wasn't a comedian. But he was just him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he so, didn't he yeah. didn't know he was a comedian yet. <laughs> he didn't know. Yeah. He did not know it yet. And so it was good. It was good because I didn't know I was a comedian yet either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Kendrick Spirits. And then we just linked up and he was like, Yeah, I mean, you're like 10 years younger than me, but at the same time, like we just sitting on the porch smoking. It was he wasn't, yeah, he was a he was a dope dude. He just gave me game, he gave me life. He was somebody, you know, he seen, he would tell me when I was doing stuff I shouldn't be doing, even though I shouldn't have been smoking weed at 14, <laughs> but I was smoking weed at 14. He wasn't going to stop me. <laughs> so it was like, it was one of them. It was cool. But then he also tell me when I was doing something I shouldn't have been doing. Like, hey man, slow down, slow down. Life is going to be this way. Don't get in trouble. Don't go to jail. Don't do this kind of stuff. And so, yeah, gave me a lot of game. The don't go to jail. Super important. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, okay. So how did you find out you were a comedian? Like, how did you get into comedy? I got into comedy weird, man. I, um, I, when <laughs> I get always out, do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, had, I got this friend, um, and his name is Nigel. And he took us out to, uh, he took me to open mic at Funhouse. And it was just random one day. He, we would always talk. He's been doing comedy. He was doing comedy for probably about like six months at the time. And he's like, man, you got to come out. You got to come out. And I'm like, uh. I'll come out and watch. And, you know, it's one of those. I'm like, I'll come out and just watch. And so he took me to the open mic at Funhouse, um, that Wednesday mic they, they, they used to have. I hope it comes back. I love Sean. I love that mic. Um, but he took me to that mic, and I watched for about 20 minutes. And I'm like, oh, I'm just watching random white dudes go up here and bomb. Uh, I think I can do that. I don't care what the hell I say. I'm, I, can, I can do this. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> I went up. And it was, you know, and it wasn't a good set. Like, it was, it was you know, weird jokes. I had three minutes to try to make people laugh and it worked a little bit, but then it didn't. But I also got a rush because when I did get a laugh, it felt good. Yeah. 
you know? And then after that, it was like a, a nonstop thing. And that's when I reconnected with Jinx because then I was like, okay, let me see some more of these open fights. After that one, I, I had a, I had a, I had a hunger for it. And, uh, and I seen that Jinx had an open mic and I'm like, oh my God, this dude, I remember this dude. I ain't talked to him in like, it's been probably since I've talked to him 15 years since I've seen Jinx. When I, cause I came back and I'm living my life and doing everything. And we just have never connected again. And I'm like, I'm gonna go to this dude's mic. And then I started going to Dirty Angel mic. So I went to uh, Eastside and then Harvey's. And so when you go to the, the real comedy spot, it was just a different vibe too. Because now you got music that you're coming into and it's a musical vibe before. And it was just different. It gave me another aspect when it came to comedy of like, man, these mics, every mic is different. So then I start hitting every mic that I can go to and just finding the differences um, and getting in there. And so, yeah, that's how I kind of got into it. But I did my first show um, before I did an open mic. Somebody asked me, somebody was like, I'm funny. They were like, you're funny. I want you to come and do some comedy for me. And I said, yeah, okay. And then I just, I got on the stage and I just, I didn't, I didn't have punchlines, no setups. I had no structure to my comedy at all. I just got up there and just talked shit. And it worked. (laughs) (laughs) It really worked. And so I was like, oh, okay. This is cool too. Like, you know what I mean? But then I realized that, okay, with comedy, you got to actually do this. You got to structure your jokes. Um, You can tell stories, but then you also got like the rule of three sometimes where you tell a story and you hit them with three different, uh, I guess, scenarios at a time to get three different laughs or three different, not three different punchlines, but yeah, that kind of stuff. So you start structuring jokes that way. I'm still learning. Getting your tags in and shit like that. Yeah, getting your tags in. Yeah. So. That, yeah, that's how I got into comedy. I guess that wasn't too weird, was it? That seems like a normal way to get in comedy. I was like, this was not nearly uh, as strange <laughs> as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I jumped out of a plane and then I landed on the stage and then I asked <laughs> me to make a laugh. That's what I started doing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that is cool that you and Jinx got to like. Cool. That'll sound great later. <laughs> it is cool that you and Jinx just got to like reconnect though after like 15 years. That was cool as hell. Yeah. And he's he's always been one of my favorite people. You know, it just you just lose. I was a teenager when we first started hanging out and I had to grow up and do other shit. And so as I did that, yeah, when I and when we reconnected, it was it was literally like we didn't miss a beat. Like when I talked to him, I said, man. And I went, I said, man, I, I was like, Jinx, I seen that you had this mic and I had to come. And he at first he kind of looked at me. He was like, Dre, because everybody called me Dre when I was young. My name is my first name is G. That's my real first name, but I went by Andre, which is my middle name. But everybody called me Trey as a nickname. And he's like, Trey? And I'm like, yeah. And then we started talking at the mic. And I think whoever was up got like an extra like three minutes or something like that. Because he forgot to light him. Because we just <laughs> got the conversation. He's like, oh, shit, I'm going on the mic. I got to go. And he was doing a click. And then he went, yeah. And got him on stage. But then after that, it was all downhill. It was like, we all up here. Just, boom. We just, we tapped in like, like we, yeah, like we, Never disconnected. That's my brother. I love that dude. Hell yeah. So when the we... podcast came about, it, it was Jinxie was the first one to come up with the idea. Um, and when he told when he told me, Ice and Eric about it, for me, it was I was in. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, we we uh, started developing kind of a business model for uh, our guests about the middle of last season. Okay. Uh, where I just decided to bring in people that I knew would talk whether I gave them a prompt or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we got hijinks in immediately. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it worked great. Oh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> That is definitely somebody who can definitely talk. I love him. Well, we've uh, kind of gotten down to the end of our time here. Okay. Uh, I mean, I love Wild Child, and uh, Hijinx is a pretty good, pretty good message to end on. I yeah. feel like always, always. Shout out to Dirty Angel. Shout, Shout out, out to Dirty, Dirty Angel. Angel. <laughs> Me too. But yeah, but we also want to. Uh, I would for that for Black Dads. It's going to be. It's going to be. A, it's, it's a good. It's a good podcast. Um, 
we're coming at it a little differently. Like we're it's the actually uh Brent and Lucas are helping us on it as far as doing the production behind it, so the filming and then the mics and that kind of thing and matching it up. And so we just wanna do it kind of a different way to reach people so uh we're not coming out with just episodes after episodes we're just gonna we're gonna kind of premiere it um and then it's gonna be in the northwest black comedy festival this year okay so that's when we're gonna yeah start dropping the episodes and stuff like that just to try to give it some kind of like a, give it a push you know what i mean yeah uh, absolutely and a different look and we're you know it's gonna be it's gonna be fun it's been fun so far recording if i get it down um yeah where are you gonna be putting it out and so it's just gonna be clip by clip and then i think most, I don't know. We're, we're figuring it out if we want to just drop it as is, but then we kind of want the production behind it to look a certain way. You know what I mean? And reach people in that kind of way too. As far as I don't know how to make it, I don't know. I don't know what that's with that. But we are getting together and doing it all together in the same room, whether it's like on the Zoom or something like that. Well, yes, but my question was, where is it going to be airing? Where Where know. can they find it? Everywhere. YouTube, oh, it's Facebook, be on YouTube, Facebook, um, IG. Um, there you go. And then, yeah, all that stuff. So, awesome. Yeah. I smoked a little bit. Now, now I'm spacing out a little bit. <laughs> the whole show. That's the whole show. That's fine. The whole show. <laughs> it's all right. But no, it's great. Yeah. But for that, for Black Dads, uh, for Black Dads on Facebook, it's a Facebook page. Um, um, is it Black Dad Pod on uh, Instagram? And then um, we're going to have a Dirty Angel, and I'll have it on my page. Um, G Way comedy on YouTube. I'll have it on my page on Facebook, G A Way, all that stuff. You know, G uh, G Way two on Twitter and Instagram. I don't know. Is this the only way that we're going to be communicating in the future? Is on, on social media? What's up? Uh, I hope not. I'm hoping by April we're <laughs> like close to normal. We'll see. Close I mean, probably closer to June, but I know, yeah. but. Uh, if we get a certain amount of vaccinations by April, my my grandmother just got vaccinated. My grandparents just got vaccinated first shot. So, okay, yeah, you know, that's something. Yeah, that's cool. They're, they're in Washington where they don't have any issues yet. So, <laughs> all the healthcare healthcare workers I work with are getting it um, so far. I don't know. They've opened it up how they've opened it up. So I know a lot of people are able to get it that are getting it now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, but yeah, thanks so much for being here, man. Thank y'all for having me. It was fun. Awesome, and thanks for being with me, Charlie. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for being you. here, Chris. <laughs> Even though we're here all the time. Thanks for doing the show, actually. No all, doubt. Right. all right, y'all take it easy, Chris. Do that. Uh, do that damn uh, that show. I want to be on it. Okay, okay. We're looking what towards end of March, early April, probably. End of March, early April. Boom. Okay, Let me let's know. make it an April Fool's show. You want to do April first? What day is that? I don't know what time is. Okay, we'll we'll uh, like we'll stop We're recording and we'll thing. work it out. We're gonna edit all of this last part out too, because fuck <laughs> yeah. everything we've done in the last two minutes. But <laughs> thanks for coming on, G. No doubt. No. All right, or you just hit me in the inbox and we we'll talk about it later. Absolutely. And I'll send you my phone number, man. My line is always open. I'm gonna send you my phone number. Awesome. Thanks, man. All right. All right, Chris. Take it easy. Take it easy, Well, uh, there you go. Another great episode in the can, as it were. Um, Chris, what did we learn today? We learned that friendships come back in weird ways. Uh, we learned that DoorDash is a lot more fight clubby than you'd think. And we learned to love people. I think. I think that's what we. I think that's what we covered this week. Yeah. The, the real. The real treasure was the friends we made along the way, Chris. <laughs> and speaking of friends we made along the way, thank you to G Wade for coming on and being a great guest. Check out G Wade on Facebook at G Wade Comedy, and also Instagram and Twitter are out there. And remember to keep an eye on Dirty Angel Entertainment, where the Four Black Dads podcast starts dropping. Probably be there, uh, YouTube and stuff like that. Speaking of, we now have a YouTube channel. We remember do. To, we do the thing. Remember to check out our full episodes that come out a week after they're recorded on Thursdays. Um, the full video 
episode. And then we've got special bonus episodes coming up on Sundays. And as always, if you want to listen to old episodes, you can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you get your podcasts. And always, 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 right here, Thursdays on Shady Pines Radio. See ya. Bye. Shady Pines Radio.